This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. The coronavirus has caused several automotive-related events in China to be canceled, including the Beijing Auto Show and the Chinese Formula One Grand Prix. And now the first big auto event outside of China has been called off. Switzerland has banned gatherings that will attract more than 1,000 people, so that means there won't be a Geneva Auto Show next week. The ban is effective immediately and runs at least until March 15th, but Geneva organizers have told automakers that the show won't happen. And we wouldn't be surprised to see more events canceled as the coronavirus spreads across the globe. And in related news, Hyundai has shut down a factory in South Korea after one of its workers tested positive for the virus. The plant, which builds the Palisade, Tucson, Santa Fe, and Genesis GV80, is being disinfected. Hyundai did not reveal when production would resume, but hopefully it won't be too long for the automaker, because those are important SUVs in its lineup. Good news for GM and its self-driving unit cruise, as it just took another step towards launching its autonomous ride-hailing service. The Detroit News reports California okayed the company, to carry passengers in its vehicles during tests on public roads in the state. A human still needs to be on board to take over if necessary. GM is the sixth company to get this approval, but it's the first traditional automaker to receive the go-ahead. The automaker is also waiting for permission from NHTSA to operate its fleet of driverless taxis. Well, talk about range anxiety. The city of Indianapolis is canceling an order for electric buses from Chinese automaker BYD because they don't deliver the range that was promised. Indigo, the bus transit company in Indianapolis, bought 13 electric buses with the stipulation that they had to travel 275 miles on a single charge, even at zero degrees Fahrenheit. But the buses couldn't do it. They fell short of their range once the temps dropped below 50 degrees. So Indigo canceled its contract to buy five more electric buses and is going to buy diesel buses instead. Audi is developing Performance S versions of its e-tron electric SUV. It features three electric motors, two are located on the rear axle, and all combined they provide 370 kilowatts of power and 717 pound-feet of torque. That setup helps it move from 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in 4.5 seconds. The standard e-tron will do it in 5.5 seconds. In normal driving, only the rear motors work. The front will switch on by itself if more power is needed, and if it detects grip is slipping. The e-tron S model is still in the prototype phase, but Audi says it will be the first EV worldwide with three electric motors in mass production. Citroen is going to offer a unique urban mobility solution. The AMI is an all-electric vehicle that can be used for short car-sharing trips, rented long-term, or purchased, and will seat two people. For short trips, The AMI can be had for 0.26 euro a minute. Long-term rentals cost 20 euro a month for two years, or it can be purchased for 6,000 euro. 
has a top speed of 45 kilometers an hour or about 28 miles per hour and its 5.5 kilowatt hour battery pack returns up to 70 kilometers or nearly 43.5 miles of range. The battery can be charged in 3 hours on 220 volts. The AMI is technically a light quadricycle, so someone as young as 14 in France or 16 in other European countries can operate the vehicle without a license. You may remember the AMI 1 concept shown last year, which is the styling inspiration for this vehicle. But I'm sure many of you also remember the equally goofy looking but loved AMI that was sold in the 60s and 70s. Ford is trying to make the road safer for motorcyclists, bike, and e-scooter riders. It developed a system called Exit Warning that uses existing sensors and technology to warn that someone is approaching or that the door of the vehicle is about to open. If the system thinks opening the door is not a good idea, it will sound an alarm to warn vehicle occupants. It will also flash LEDs mounted on the mirror and additional ones on the inner door trim to warn anyone on the outside. Ford is even testing a feature that will prevent the door from opening fully if the, if the system detects someone is there, but it can still be open fully in an emergency. Ford says it will continue to test exit warning and conduct customer clinics in the coming months. You know, I've seen a lot of comments about the styling of the new C8 Corvette, and people think it looks a bit goofy from different angles. I'm not saying that I love the design, but I understand it. Part of the Corvette DNA has always been a good sports car that still had room to store your stuff. And when you stretch the body over that extra space in this new car, it kind of does look a little bit goofy from different angles. Now that being said, there is one thing that I am very critical of, and that's the exhaust tips. I know it's a bit nitpicky, but here's why. There's angles in the front headlights, on the side air scoops, and even in the rear taillights. Not just the lighting, but the lighting housing itself. Now I think the square taillights look goofy in contrast to all those angles. But there is a reason for the shape. Here's Kurt Benyon, the exterior design manager of the Corvette, with that explanation. So the, the exhaust tip, it is square in nature. Um, in this particular instance, we, we sided with the side angle of, the, of this attitude to go with the tip. That was kind of our balance. Now, you know, the same tip is in that's the same part in each location. And when you do, when you do a tip and it has to fit in four locations, you know, across the back of the car, you, you, you end up trying a, a lot of different things to see what, what fits best there. Where we were having the, I would say the debate was, you can turn these, you can clock them 90 degrees and they'll go with the plain view. And that, but then you give up the side view in that, so they're square in side view. So in this particular instance, we decided to keep the angle of the side view and let them, let them be staggered. It is nice to know there was thought behind the shape and placement of those exhaust tips, but I would have liked it if they did clock them. I think it would have fit better overall with the design. What do you think? And stay tuned because John will be up next with his impression of the new Lincoln Navigator. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion, and by Borg Warner propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. 
We get a lot of test cars coming through the Autoline garage, and this week I've been spending time in a couple of Lincoln Navigators, a reserve and a black label model. You know, Lincoln's going through an impressive renaissance, and the Navigator epitomizes that turnaround with an imposing presence both inside and out. Climbing aboard is like strolling into the lobby of a five-star hotel. Not only is it comfortable and cavernous, everything is opulently appointed. And it's good to see that Lincoln's designers were finally given a budget to show what they can really do. Even though the dashboard is jam-packed with switches and buttons, I found everything pretty easy to figure out. And I was pleased to see that the touchscreen reacted quickly with one light touch. This is a gargantuan vehicle. And if you're not used to driving something this large, it's kind of like driving around in an apartment building. Even so, its twin-turbo V6 kicks out 450 horsepower, and the Navigator is surprisingly responsive. The EPA rates the four-wheel drive version at 18 miles per gallon, and that's about what I got. But if you only do city driving or have a heavy foot, that's going to drop down to about 14 or 15 MPGs. Lincoln is not shy about trying to get as much pricing as it can with the Navigator. The reserve model I drove tipped the scales at $91,000, while the beautiful black label model was over $103,000. Now, before you choke on those numbers, keep in mind that Lincoln is selling them as fast as it can build them. And if customers are that eager to buy them, that means they're not overpriced. Anyway, that wraps up today's report. Thanks for watching. Have a great weekend, and we will see you again on Monday. Wards is the industry leader for news, data, and analysis. That's why companies across the globe subscribe to our premium service, maybe even your own. Log in for subscriber access now. Check your company's intranet for details and rely on wardsauto.com to keep you informed.